I would say one of the hardest parts of losing him was trying to grieve with other people when we're all grieving so differently and grieving different things. Hi. Hey. Hey, hi. My name is Daniel, and this is the death of my podcast. Um, it has been a pretty crazy week for a lot of different reasons, and it's sad. It's a sad time to be just on this planet, you know? I think we have access to seeing so much and hearing so much and reading so much, and a lot of it's not very good news. But there's hope. Today I talked to my new friend, Kellyanne, who is a hospice nurse, and her she lost her brother to an overdose last year, January 3rd, 2019. And we talk about it. This episode is very, very special because she is a, a new friend who we met through the depth of my Instagram. And I just think that's very special. Um, so please enjoy Kellyanne. Hi, it's your dad. Just calling to say hi. Check in up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. And everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. Love you. Hi. Hi. Um, this is really exciting because I we're just meeting for the first time and um we you reached out over instagram we were chatting for hot sec and i was like let's do this and like a week later here we are so i'm really excited so thank you yeah no thank you um do you just want to give a rundown of who you are your name and what you do where you're at all that kind of jazz okay so i am my name is kellyanne burns uh most people know me by kel um I work as a hospice nurse. I don't like to say I am a hospice nurse. I like to kind of separate the two. Um, Currently, I'm 24. And I guess that's the shortest synopsis I can give of myself right now. Love it. And you're on the East Coast. I am on the East Coast. Yes. Yes. Love it. Who died? My older brother. He passed away of an overdose. And last January? Yes. So, um, yeah, January of 2019. Do you just want to share that day when you found out where you were at, what was happening? Just kind of give a quick rundown of that. Um, so I was at work. Like I had said before, I work as a hospice nurse, so I... I'm driving a lot of my day at the time that I got the call from my dad. I was actually sitting in a parking lot. Um, so I got a call from my dad. I've always been an anxious person. So just even the call before anything was said, I think I was a little anxious that he was calling in the middle of the day, especially my dad. I picked up the phone and I could tell he was upset and I definitely knew something was wrong pretty quickly. 
but he got pretty much right to the point. He said, where are you at? And I told him, and he said, I need you to go home. Christopher passed away. I don't know the exact words he used, if I'm being honest, but, and I just, my first reaction was what? And I was like, dad, what? And, you know, he said it a couple more times. I think I probably said what a couple more times. And I just said, okay. And I hung up the phone and my, one of my coworkers is my mom's best friend as well. So I immediately called her so she could, you know, let the office know that I was going to be leaving. And she was pretty sudden on the phone too. You know, I told her and she, you could tell she was immediately standing up to like get up and leave. So I, you know, hung up with her and I just remember like beating my steering wheel for a second. Mm. And then I actually called my best friend, one of my best friends who was with our other best friends. And I told them, and I, I remember just saying to them, I think I just needed to say it out loud to someone. Yeah. I drove home and my um, boss slash coworker who I had called was already actually here. She was a little closer to my house than I was. And I walked in and I hugged my mom and I, I don't know. I don't know. really remember what happened. I want to say I was here for even just a couple minutes. And then I, I felt like I needed to go and see my friends. Maybe like just, as a reality check. Yeah. And then I came back here and, you know, family started filtering in. And the same day that, you know, we all found out, I would say I immediately was ready to focus my energy somewhere. So I did a lot of the planning for the funeral home and I talked to the funeral home and we, you know, found the one we were going to use. Um, that was all the same day. And I probably found out midday. Why do you think you took on that responsibility? I think my initial thought was I didn't want my parents to have to worry about it. But there was definitely some selfishness in it where I wanted something to do, something to distract maybe. What was his name? Christopher. Where was Christopher? Did you see him recently? How how was that? To give a little backstory on his addiction. Yeah. He had been using for the last nine years previous. Mm. So he was using through high school, but I wasn't totally aware. But as soon as he graduated high school, my parents were like, you either need to go get help or you don't have a place to live here with us. So that's kind of where it all started from my view of things. Um, He was mostly out of the house in and out between rehab. A lot of the time it was like he was far away. So he would go to Florida. He was in California once and he would go into halfway houses and really for, I would say, a good six of the nine years, he really was pretty heavy in it. There was a couple years I didn't, I only saw him once or twice a year, but 
I would say a lot of those years, we didn't have much relationship. It was more just, we didn't know where we stood. But about three years before he passed, he was clean and he was living in Pennsylvania and he had a girlfriend and then they got engaged. Mm. Um, They were engaged for a while and then they ended up breaking things off and he relapsed right after that. And then after he relapsed, he was um, living in York for a while again. And then he wanted to move into Philly, which was about an hour, two hours from where he was living. So he moved in with us for a while with one of his very good friends from York. And they lived with us for about six months. About four months or so into that my brother actually crashed his car on his way home from work one night and he kind of fessed up to us that he had been drinking for a little while Mm. um he there was a couple more incidents of incidences of that and then my mom said you know you and I both know where this is leading and it's not to a good place and you know, I know your plan was to move out with Joe, but we think you should find your own place and move out on your own. He moved out, I want to say, maybe the beginning of December. And 2018? 2018, maybe end of November, beginning of December, if I'm thinking correctly. Joe continued to live with us. And January 3rd, we got the call. And we had not known he was using again, but he actually was in his apartment and his friend was there with him. And his friend, there was a little bit more, but his friend realized he was using again and my brother had asked him to stay because earlier in the day when he was alone, he believes he had overdosed, but he woke up on his own. He called the ambulance for himself and they said, you know, there's nothing, you know, you're okay. There's nothing we really can do, but we suggest you call someone if you are going to be using more of what you're using right now. So his friend went over, they got Narcan. Um, They stayed up most of the night. And then when his friend woke up, Christopher was already gone. How do you feel sharing that story? I guess I feel anxious sharing it, but I feel maybe like separated from it. Mm. Like it's like a story about someone else's brother. Right. You just celebrated a few months ago, like the one year anniversary. How was that day, January 3rd, like reliving that? Because my dad's dad's anniversary death just happened a few weeks ago. Okay. And just like, I feel like I was just anticipating that day to come. You know what I mean? Did you have that same sort of similar? I would say yes. Um, I was definitely anticipating it, but I don't think that I feel like we didn't really address it like as a family. Yeah. I definitely, I would say I would talk to some of my friends about it. Just, you know, I definitely had people reaching out because yeah. I, you know, I post on I would say I use Instagram as an outlet, not only for myself, but 
to share him. Yeah. So I had people reaching out that day. I definitely felt supported, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say I was very sad on that day just because every day is sad. <laughs> you think about him every day? Every day. And yeah. this is one thing I'm learning. And one of the reasons why this medium exists is because when someone dies, as the world keeps moving forward, everyone that was close to that person that died, it's like an every day that you don't go a day without not thinking about them. You know what I mean? But we don't, but we don't talk about it. And like, that's why I'm really uh, happy that you're sharing your story because the more people that this reaches, the more realize they're not alone. They're not alone in that pain and the sadness of thinking about them every day, whether some days are happy thoughts or some days are sad thoughts. They're at least everyday thinking, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, And I think people, it's not that it's a constant thought, I would say actually recently it's been more of a constant thought, but I think it's because I've been allowing the thoughts. I can handle them now without, not always. Sometimes I turn into a puddle still, Sure. but not always. Yeah. When, when that day happened, do you feel, you said you went and like hung out with your friends or talked to your friends. Do you feel like you had a good support system with you? Right then and there, do you feel like your friends handled it well? Hand, handled it well. I was only there with them for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, those two people I consider, you know, my two best friends. We've grown up together. I think they handled it as best as they could. Sure. Um. Maybe not exactly what you needed. Yes. Which, same thing, my two best friends, exact same situation. It's just, if they haven't gone through it, they don't know exactly what to say. Yeah. And I've always been really, really clear that I am so thankful for everyone, all of my friends, and, you know, just the support, just being there. Totally. Some are definitely better with, like, conversating about it. Yeah. Or, you know, but... It's definitely difficult for a lot of them. A lot of them, I would say, push it away. And I don't blame them. And I've just learned that these are not the people that I'm going to be having a constant, you know, really in-depth conversation with it about. Yeah. Did you notice people kind of coming out of the woodworks, like maybe not your closest, closest friends, kind of popping up in support? I want to say the day, you know, I told... I have like a couple, what I would consider like groups of friends. I told, you know, those very close couple people. My two best friends knew the day of, I think everyone else I told either that like very late that night or the next day. And then two days, maybe the day following I had posted on Instagram and I'm surprised like my phone didn't, like I'm not like trying to brag or anything, but I, can like couldn't really fathom how many people reached out whether it be on instagram whether it be you know straight in the comments or in my direct messages or i probably received a couple hundred text messages that day yeah 
Um, and I've, you know, I've grown up in sports and I went to a couple different schools. And so I have, you know, I know a lot of people, Yeah. but yeah, I would say that, you know, people came out mm-hmm. of, I guess you could say the woodworks, but <laughs> I say, I would say that, you know, I, I'm pretty, uh, connected with a lot of people, Yeah. you know, whether I see them all the time or not. Yeah. It was you and your brother only siblings yes and then your parents are your parents still married yes they are and how much older is your brother four years like so almost you, exactly four years so you guys if didn't have the same friend groups but you're close enough in age where you were around the same people um we weren't really around the same people when we moved from philly then I would say yes, because it was everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's different, I would say, in Jersey. Sure. Um, when we moved here, he, I think he struggled with the move. He was in a lot of trouble in school all the time. We were – he was genius-level intelligent, though. Yeah. So he wouldn't do any of the work in class. He wouldn't do any homework. He wouldn't study, but he would ace his exams, and that's how he got through school. Um. I was really into sports. I was very social. So we didn't, we didn't, you know, match up on a lot of levels in those aspects. Yeah. How did your relationship with your parents shift? Do you, did you notice a change at all from before that day and after that day? Absolutely. Um, me and my brother actually moved back home around the same time because I had just graduated college. Mm. So it was a lot of like late night, like let's go get McDonald's just to get out of the house because like they're getting under our skin type of mm. thing. Like, so um, it was a lot of me and him right before he passed mm. and, you know, and his friend. Um, after it was tough because we were all just so like so deep in the sadness and we were I would say one of the hardest parts of losing him was trying to grieve with other people when we're all grieving so differently and grieving different things yeah what was he like do you have a favorite memory of him he was very sarcastic very funny Mm -hmm. he gave he was someone who like really gave you a hard time just to give you a hard time um he was we always I always say he was very bougie (laughs) he loved the best foods and the best you know watches the best phone um I guess a favorite recent memory we um the summer of 2018, we just like picked a day and we weren't going to drive all the way down to the beach, which we also really enjoyed to do. Um, so we just decided to go to like a local pool, which like, I don't know that we've ever done that in our entire lives. (laughs) And we just went there together and hung out. And then I remember it kind of ended abruptly. He decided he was going to go to Six Flags with one of his friends, but I was just happy to bring him there and like we it was a guy that he was interested in um 
So I was just, you know, happy to deliver him to that situation. Yes. Love it. But yeah, that was a good day. I wouldn't say it was our favorite, but one that really sticks out in my mind. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on death and afterlife? Like, what do you think happens? Um, I've been to a couple mediums since my brother has passed. Yeah. I believe that their spirit continues to live on. And they go, I guess I would call it like a different world. I don't want to call it a dimension, but, you know, world or dimension. And I believe he's there and he's helping other people. You know, I believe that in myself, but also, you know, I was told this through both the mediums that I saw and that he's there and, you know, all the people that he touched and helped here, you know, through their recovery or just being there for them, um, you know, he's doing all that and more where he's at now. Yeah. Do you, do you have a, a way that you like outlet your grief? Is there, do you do any journaling or do you do post on Instagram about it? Like what are your ways that you kind of channel that or funnel it? I did try to start journaling. Um, I did a little bit. It's like hard for me to like make the time to do it. I have the time, but for me to actually make the time is a different thing. Yeah. If I'm really feeling it, sometimes I'll just listen to music because mm. I, you know, I definitely could be in my head, but I think something that we still continue to connect on is music. Sometimes I'm like, I can tell he's like playing DJ <laughs> like on my phone. Like I can yeah. tell he's like playing certain like certain songs. Um, and I'll talk about it. There's people, I do have people. I have um, a friend who lost her mom a couple years before I lost my brother. And from the beginning, it's someone like if I was feeling a certain way and I knew I wasn't going to be able to connect that way with anyone else, I would text her. Yeah. Um, I still find myself doing that, but sometimes it'll just be like, just to like bring up a picture to look at the picture and, you know, sometimes I'll throw it up on like my story on Instagram, you know, yeah. just kind of, I don't know why I do that actually. I think it's just, I want to see it throughout the day and maybe, like I said earlier, maybe it's just, I want people to remember that he was here. Yeah. I mean, I posted one of me and my dad today. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's just, yeah. it just feels nice to just put him out in the world. Yes. Acknowledge it. Yeah. Did you keep any of his stuff? We have so much of his stuff. <laughs> we haven't gotten rid of much of it. It's something that we've kind of been, we've been digging through it, making sure we've probably looked through it 10 times to make sure yeah. that there was nothing. Um, a lot of shirts. Uh, my dad has a couple pairs of shoes, but a lot of shirts we're hoping to, you know, get made into stuff. And there's a couple of shirts I'll just wear like as an everyday shirt. Yeah. It was very stylish. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you have this stuff. Yeah. And he was cremated. So we also have his ashes. In the house? In the house. Yep. How was that? How was, did you make that decision or did you make it as a whole? We made it as a whole. 
Um, but it was very important for me um, to see him before he was cremated. And that was, I really had to put up a fight for that. A lot of people were saying, you don't want this to be the last thing you remember of him. You want to remember him in a certain way. You know, he could have fallen and really busted up his face. And I was like, I just need to be present with him again. Like, I know that that's not him, but I need to see him again. What was that like? He looked like he was sleeping. Mm. It was peaceful. I had written, I guess, like a letter to him, like maybe the day or two after he passed. And I read it to him. And I really felt like, you know, he was laying in, his body was laying in front of me, but I felt like he was like sitting there listening. Yeah. The reason I did that was because I was questioning whether or not I wanted to read it at his service, which I did decide to do. You did? Yes. How did that go? It went well. Everyone said, you know, I remember it, but I, I would say I got through it pretty well. You know, I kind of, I powered through it. I was okay, you know, with speaking. Yeah. Um, people were not, I mean, obviously they weren't going to say I spoke poorly, but <laughs> they were complimentary just saying, you know, I'm, I can't believe you could do that type of situation just because I do feel like I, I really did power through it. At his service, I was not, there was one point where I was emotional, but it was more just staying strong and, you know, I was at the end of our, our procession line and everyone's words were, you know, you have to stay strong for your parents. How did that make you feel? Because I have problems with that. <laughs> I would say during that, especially during the service, it was, I felt a little bit like, you know, I felt that like I was doing my best to stay strong for my parents. Like consciously I was thinking about that. But when I would hear it, it did feel like it was like downgrading my feelings on it. Right. Like you, so your know, feelings don't matter. Exactly. Like even though I know I cannot fathom what my parents went through, I understand that. But like that doesn't mean that I am not going through, you know, those same yeah. feelings and no, a different yeah. intensity. Yeah. You've known them your whole life. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So um did you do anything special? I asked you about um, January 3rd, but what about like Christmas or his birthday? Were those days hard at all? Um, Christmas was tough, I must say, because my parents were pretty wrecked about it. I would say for a majority of the first year he was gone, my parents like weren't really open to going to gatherings like with our, the rest of our family, totally understandably. Yeah. Um, I was a little upset with them over Christmas though, because I was, I wanted to go and they wanted to be here as a family. And I just kind of was like, for me, I need to go and be with the rest of our family. Yeah. So I find my, found myself, you know, making, not that it's selfish, but you know, in some aspects, it's a selfish decision to do that. But I found myself really like contemplating those decisions over the last, you know, year and a half. Um, January 18th is his birthday. Mm. We did have 
my mom wanted to have like a party for him. So we did. Obviously everyone knew that's why they were coming here, but it wasn't really acknowledged. I think it was more just to fill this, fill the void of the day. Yeah. Um, do you think you, that's something you guys would keep as a tradition? Like you do it again next year? I think not that there's ever letting go, not that there's ever really totally healing in this, but I think the more my mom adjusts to him not being here, the less she's going to maybe want to do that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say, though. Our birthdays, my dad's is January 15th, my brother's is January 18th, and mine's January 20th. So Whoa. just in general, <laughs> yeah, and with the beginning, you know, with January 3rd being in there now, yeah, it is, it's just a long month in general. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, and it's, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> Holy moly. When's your mom's birthday? In November. Just so separate. Yeah, so separate. January 20th, though, so we got that connection. Yeah. Um, if someone listening just lost their brother, what is something that you would want to tell them? You are not alone. Mm. As much as it feels that way especially as like a, just like a two pair sibling deal. Um, you're not alone. You know, your brother is there and, you know, physically he is not here, but physically you have people that have also gone through this and, you know, as much as you feel like no one can relate to what you're going through, there's people that can. And like I said, you're not alone. Mm. Do you feel like you can be someone if I mentioned like, here's someone that has lost their brother, would you be willing to say, hey, I'm here to chat? 150%. Do you just want to share like your Instagram maybe? Just yes. Your handle so someone can reach out if they'd like. Um, I am private, but please request me. My handle is at Kel Burns. That's K-E-L-L-B-U-R-N-S on Instagram. I love it. And, you know, hopefully someone is listening and they also lost their brother or also lost to an overdose of some sort. You know, I have in where I live in my town out here more than I can count on my hands. The amount of people that are my age that have um, died because of an overdose out here for the same stuff, it's beyond me, you know, and it keeps happening. And the stuff is no good. And maybe if you just want to talk a little bit about using and the effects it has on the other people. Like I said, I was kind of um, blind to it because when he graduated high school, I was going to be a freshman in high school. Really starting there, I was playing th like I was playing three sports a year and, you know, that was in, in school and outside of school. 
I think my parents kept me very guarded from it for the first couple of years. Yeah. And then, you know, once I got older and I was able to see and I was going to visit him, let's say, you know, in the, in the rehabs or things like that. I remember there was one where they asked us to write him letters. Mm. And I feel like it's like, honestly, like not even believable, but I'm sure it's something that everyone, I guess, especially as, as a sibling of someone who is an addict, the biggest fear is like, I don't want to go through losing our parents alone. And I remember I probably said that to him a hundred times, but I remember the first time I really said it to him was in this letter. And like I said, that was probably one of the first rehabilitation times that I was involved in. And I remember he was actually clean for a little while after that. And I remember thinking like, Maybe this is like has to do with me. Mm. Um, he was gone for a lot of it, which in itself was hard. But since I was so wrapped up in myself and my own life as a teenager in high school and, you know, going into college, it was almost like a separate thing for me. Yeah. Um, but there would be these times where I would just like have, I remember I was on the bus coming home from a soccer game in college once. And I just started like absolutely sobbing on the bus, like having like a full blown anxiety attack, Mm -hmm. just thinking about, you know, he, I think he had just gone back into rehab and he had been doing well for a while before then just thinking like, not only is this never going to end for us, but it's never going to end for him. Mm. Whether he's clean or he's sober, it is a battle every single day for them. And I think that people don't realize that at all. Mm. And it's something that like needs to be acknowledged. And it's something that is always going to be forefront in their minds every day they wake up and choose to be clean. Like it is not, you know what I mean? It's because there's always the other way and they always have that choice to go the other way. But they need it for them. They need for themselves to make that choice every day. And it's just, you know, a lot of people, mental illness, you know, and addiction, it, it goes hand in hand. He struggled with depression for a long time and he struggled with who he was for a long time. I think more just out of fear of what friends and family and how people were going to treat him um, in regards to his sexuality, which, you know, I can't say for sure one way or the other, because like I said, he was engaged um, to a girl. Her name was Katie, but after they broke up, he did seem to kind of go the other way. But before that he had come out to us before he was engaged, you know, a couple years before then. But that's just what I mean with his struggle with who he was. Um, but kind of going back to it, just thinking, you know, this is going to be an everyday thing for us, but to think that he is suffering every day of his life. And I hate to say that because he was a happy person when he was happy, but I do feel, you know, there was a 
a mask over much of the time. If you were able to tell them one more thing, what would you want to say to them? I've been listening to the podcast and I've been thinking about this. Obviously, I do want him to know that, not even that I forgive him, but he doesn't have to be sorry. Yeah. And that I can't wait for the day that I get to see him again. And I do believe that day is going to come. I'm not religious, but I don't know if it's the next life. I don't know what is next, but I do believe that. I will have the chance to just hug him again. Mm. Or I hope, because <laughs> it's the only thing that really gives me any type of peace. Yeah. You will. You will, you will. Your souls are intertwined forever. I feel that 100%. And if you can tell my buddy Parker over here, his best friend just lost their brother is there anything parker can do to help ease the pain or just be there what do you think he can do to help his friend number one like don't shy away from the conversation Hmm. he doesn't even need to necessarily say anything other than just like you know kind of don't shy away from the conversation and you don't necessarily have to give feedback but facilitate it like if I say something, you know, if his friend says something about his, his brother, it's probably because he is feeling, you know, like he wants to talk about it. And it, he doesn't want to just say one line and then the conversation be over. Right. That's one thing. The second thing is not to be afraid to bring it up and be like really direct with it. You know, maybe not just how are you doing today? And some, you know, a lot of days that's plenty, but other days, you know, even just asking like, you know, did you think of, you know, your brother today? And if you did, why? You know, what what brought him up? I find that, and like I said, I could not be more grateful for my friends, but Like you said, you don't, until you're in the club, you really don't know what to say or how to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. I give my friends props for doing their best because actually the day I went and saw my friends when my brother passed, the last thing I said before I left them was, don't be sad for me. Mm -hmm. You can be sad for my brother. And you can be sad for my parents, but don't be sad for me. Because I just didn't want my pain to, like, create more pain in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, So even when your friend tries to push you away, push back. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting me. (laughs) I think... Your story and what you went through 
it's gonna help a lot of people we i was just thinking back i no i haven't had anyone talk about um an overdose yet so thank you for sharing thank you for being part of this thank you for reaching out to me and thank you for being open and vulnerable and letting people anyone listening um be able to contact you and reach out to you like i said please do i'm you know, for myself and for my brother, all I want from this life is to help people and, mm. you know, hopefully leave people better than before they knew me. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for all that you do and for this and for letting me come on. Appreciate it. Bye. Hi. Hey. What's going on? Nada mucho. It's like we moved into a sauna. Yeah, it's very hot it's today. It's very hot. We no even, AC. No AC. And I make us turn off the fan so we don't hear it on here. Yeah. And the window's still open, though. Yeah. So you'll probably be able to hear a little... Some neighbors. Some neighbors. What's uh, going on? Oh, you know... This week was very hard. Yeah. This week, some of our very, very close friends lost a child. Yeah. Three years old. Yeah. And it just sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start crying right now. Yeah, my <laughs> eyes are starting to water. Um, it's the worst thing to ever happen in the whole world. And there's, it you know, at the end of the day, like we, there's nothing that we can say that's right. going to make them feel any better. Yeah. We can't physically be there with them. They're across the world, but I just love them so much and hate that that happened. Yeah. How do you feel? It's been a crazy week. Lots of emotions. Yeah. Lots of sadness. Yeah. Just with everything else going on in the world. Yeah, there's just a lot. Like, this week has been a lot, so. We just read about the conspiracy Wayfair <laughs> and selling children. Yeah. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. What else? Just life in the general. The world that we live <laughs> yeah. in right now is 2020 really 2020 has been crazy for... Mm. Pretty much everyone, I would say. Yeah. So. Like, I had a pretty bad 2019, but 2020, I think, just hits for everyone. Just like a weird year. Yeah. Which I'm sure everyone could agree. Just yeah. weird things are happening that maybe we've never been exposed to before. Yeah. I do have some kind of good news. Okay. Do you want to hear it? I'd love to. So, one memory, not memory, I don't know, but whatever. Growing <laughs> up, my dad and I went to Comic-Con every year. Oh, yeah. Every, every this year. This was a thing this week, too. For a long time. And um, now, you know, he's gone. And uh, last year, I went to Comic-Con. And that was the first year. Not first year that him, but first year since he passed. And yeah. that was sad. But I'm really happy I still went. And because of coronavirus, Comic-Con is closed, right? Like, it's not happening anymore. Mm. But... They are doing Comic-Con at home. 
which is panels and selling stuff like for the same days and just from the comfort of your own home so you're not able to walk around and see it all but you can still watch and to me that's really special it's really special that they've created that opportunity for people to still experience it because it means so much to me and I remember just opening when I read that and then started reading about the stuff that they'll have I got emotional yeah because it's just I didn't realize like how important it is for me it's so funny because like people are like comic-con but it, you know what I mean <laughs> like my whole life yeah that's like your guys's thing every year every single year for four days a year waiting an hour-long line hours hours yeah. and hours and walking around and which is very special yeah that's awesome yeah but it has been a pretty crazy week yeah that's it yeah that's all i love you love you bye bye